Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Matt Brunk. Welcome to the Better Dad Podcast. Last week, I got to chat with Jennifer Kalari. She's a parenting expert, and she founded Connected Parenting. She talked to us last week about the calm technique, which is a way of interacting and dealing with our kids in an empathetic and firm way that really helps them grow and calm down and gives them the empathy that they need um, in those difficult situations. And honestly, in my opinion, if you can master the calm technique and what Jennifer teaches in Connected Parenting, this could be transformative for you. Um, and Jennifer and I had such a great conversation, we wanted to talk again, but but this time, instead of, instead of focusing solely just on uh, parenting our kids, she really talked more about partnerships. I don't know about you, but for me, there's been lots of times when there's been a situation going on with one of our three kids or two of our three kids or three of our three kids and my wife and I have polarizing and opposite reactions that don't complement each other well. And this is such a common occurrence. One of us will just like get angry and go for it and over-discipline, over-correct and the other will shut down and retreat and disappear. And this is not what's best for our kids. And so she talks about how to move from sort of these polarizing effect that we have into more of this centered, what she refers to as the divine male and the divine female. So if you didn't get to hear what she talked about last week, I would go check it out. But also I would love for you to hear her, her expert perspective on really growing with your partner and working through those polarizing effects that you can have on each other. So this is my second conversation with Jennifer Kalari from Connected Parenting. Listen up. All right, so Jennifer, we we did a podcast a couple weeks ago and really enjoyed chatting with you and we just kind of kept going and so wanted to just continue the conversation. Um, you're yeah. just a wealth of knowledge and like I told you, I've learned a lot listening to uh, to your podcast and from osmosis from my wife listening also and, her, <laughs> and then her telling telling me I need to listen and telling me okay. about it. Um, but one of the, so, so kind of at the tail end of our conversation, we started to dive into this topic of um, specifically partners, parenting partners who have this like polarizing effect on each other mm -hmm. that, that you've observed and that you've witnessed. Um, yeah. tell me, tell me more about that, about what you sure, were explaining to me. Sure. Absolutely. And the truth is this almost always happens, right? Because we don't tend to marry people that are carbon copies of ourselves. I mean, you wouldn't even want to, right? right. <laughs> so, so we usually pick partners consciously sometimes, but often subconsciously that are naturally complementary to us. But then we get into this dynamic where we stop seeing it as complementary. We, we stop seeing it as something that can balance us. Hmm. And we see it as con you know, conflict, right? And, and yeah. we see the person and we try very hard to you know, compensate for what we think is a weakness in their parenting. So they need to parent more like us. And then the other person you know, sort of reacts to that. And it, and it, can, it can really polarize to the point where you don't even recognize yourself anymore as a parent. So that's a pretty common dynamic. And it sort of looks like, you know, one parent is like, oh, he's hungry. It's not his fault. It's okay. I feel bad for him. And the other one's like, this is ridiculous. These kids are running this house. We've got to come <laughs> down on things. This is nuts. Right. And then what yeah. happens is because you, you sort of characterize, you become a caricature of yourself. Yeah. Um, you are the, the softer parent then gets softer because they think the other parent's so mean. Yeah. And the other parent gets tougher because nobody's setting any rules around here. This is ridiculous. The kids are running the, the house 
And you end up so far apart on these issues that now you're just in conflict instead of compliment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not even kidding when I say like, it sounds like, like you had a camera in our house as you're <laughs> describing that, <laughs> like in some of all of our houses. It's yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I literally do the thing where, yeah, I mean, our kids are, have lost control and, and I, and I'm just like, they need, these kids need discipline right now. These kids need, oh my, what is happening? <laughs> like I start to lose it. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, we have to, we have to take control of the situation. And my wife's just like kind of shuts down and, um, and I have the opposite effect. And yeah, that's really yeah. common. And then there's a few things cause, cause humans are messy, right? There's a whole bunch of things to unpack in there. So kids figure this out. Yeah. I've got to tell you, like if they they're kind of brilliant at like starting up stuff, knowing what to tell dad, knowing what to tell mom, mom said this, dad said that, or if they start to get in trouble, they can quickly pull a behavior out of both of you so that the two of you are arguing with each other and they can like, you yeah. know, kind of sneak out of the room kind of thing. Yep. Really clever kids know how to split their parents. And then at the same time, they get very anxious about having that much power. Hmm. And kids get really upset when their parents argue. And we, we kind of forget that sometimes as parents, we think, I don't know, that our kids aren't listening. I can tell you as a therapist, and I talk to kids all the time, they're listening. And they're hearing way more than you think they're hearing. And they're going to bed worrying that it's their fault Yeah. when you guys are fighting, right? So you know, we'll get into that. that that'll be sort of another angle of like, what do you do with this conflict? But um, it's really stressful for kids because they love both of you and they don't want to take sides and they don't like that feeling of, of things kind of, you know, being that rocky and shaky, even in those moments, even though they can have fights like that with their sibling and five minutes later be fine that they don't right. necessarily translate that to their parents. So, so we'll start unpacking this because this is a really important conversation, I think. And I think what ends up happening too, is you, the thing I see parents doing is they either over-function or they under-function or they overfunction at certain times and not other times. So I, I actually just did a podcast on, on this, a variation of this dynamic. And I called it help. I have four kids and one of them's my husband. Now this is not always the dynamic, but this <laughs> right. is a common dynamic. Yeah. Wife overfunctions is constantly feeling like she's doing everything. No one's helping her. No one's appreciating her. She's the only one setting limits in the house. The only one who cares when it's bedtime and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, the the polar opposite of that is you know that you sort of become this caricature almost disney dad like oh mom wants us to go to bed but let's have fun or you know yeah. it's just a few more minutes or kind of unraveling that or you know sort of feeling like my wife's gonna get mad at me anyway so i'm just gonna not do it because what's the point i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it wrong or she's gonna do it again anyways so what's the point so the husband starts under functioning yeah that can be a really common dynamic and that that's not an attractive dynamic like nobody wants to date their mother no right and nobody wants to be in relationship with their kid right so you're kind of confusing all those roles hmm. and i think the theme that we talk about today the entire time is you can't change your partner yeah you can't do this and change your partner the only control you ever have is over yourself mm -hmm. right the choices and the decisions you're making and if you don't like the behavior in your partner look inward Marriage is an inside job and parenting is an inside job. Hmm. So if your wife is nagging at you, you need to think, okay, what am I doing? What am I bringing to this situation? What's my role in this dynamic that is causing my wife to have no choice, but to respond to me that way. Yeah. And when I'm doing marital work with couples, what, what often comes up is they start playing ping pong. 
It's like, well, you do this. Well, I wouldn't do that if you didn't do this. And the only reason I do it is because you did this to me yesterday. Well, I did that because you. I could literally leave the room and they wouldn't even notice. It's just right. this sort of, it's you know, they, they sort of have this belief when they come to marital sessions that I'm going to straighten their partner out. Right. You know, I'm going to tell them what the story really is. And the story really is take it inward. But if you don't like what you're seeing in your kids or your spouse, look inward. What can you change? What can you do to change that dynamic? Yeah. So what what does that look like to 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 look inward? I mean, for for someone like myself who, I mean, in that in that moment, I I over. You know, if I'm if I'm upset with our kids or with my wife, and I feel like she's not doing enough to to discipline them or mm -hmm. that they're running the show. Um, you know, and we almost feel like afraid sometimes, right? When, yeah. when there's like an outburst in the house, and we feel like we don't have any control. Like, what is uh, what does that look like for for me to yeah. to look that's, inward? Yeah, that's a really good question. Okay, so the first, in order to look inward, your frontal lobe has to be working, right? So, and often what happens in these situations is we start reacting to our kids instead of responding to our kids. And I think we touched that on that in our last episode. Like, if mm -hmm. you're yelling and it feels good, you're probably not doing the best job. Like it really is about being neutral. And so tying in what we talked about in our last conversation is really important because you want to connect before you correct. If both of you are doing the connecting first, yeah, right, then you won't polarize so much because your wife is going to know, okay, he's not going to just come in going, this is crazy. You're all going to bed. You're going to come in and you're going to go, guys, I totally get that you're having so much fun. And I get that you're so mad that that just happened, but we can't do this in our house, right? Instead of coming in and screaming. So then the the parent who's naturally kind of softer doesn't have to panic yeah, because you're already connecting and you don't have to panic because you know she's connecting, but she's going to follow that up with correcting. She's going to follow that up with a limit. She's going to follow that up with a consequence. She's going to fly that plane, right? So, so connect with your partner first, is that what you're saying? Yeah, well, kind of. I'm actually th thinking to do that in your own head because yeah. if you've been parenting this way, if you've been using the method that we were talking about in the first episode, right. both of you are connecting first before you're correcting, then you can both trust that you're going to do, you're going to together parent the way that you need to parent and you don't have to compensate for each other. Yeah. And that that's really that trust. Um, and I think the other part, once you've kind of recognized that is to really ask yourself the question, what, you know, first of all, be kind to yourself. It's exhausting being a parent. It's hard being a parent when you've worked all day and you've just put out 12 fires with your kids screaming, yelling about something and all hell breaks loose again. It's a lot. It yeah. really is. And you're human and you, there's no, ex I don't want people to think that you have to be this perfect parent that never reacts. Of course you're human. You're going to, mm -hmm. um, but so give yourself some love first. Like this is hard, but who do I want to be in this moment? Right. How do I want my kids to remember me? How am I really going to change them in this moment? And then ask yourself, like, what is my contribution to this? How come I'm in this place where I have to start screaming for anyone to listen to me? Right. Just ask yourself that even with the kids. Right. So it's, it's really that's what I mean by looking inward first and yeah. it just worrying about how, how you parent. It's so difficult because as couples, we always want to tell the other person, well, I, the only reason I do this is because you never do this. You never support me. And you end up, um, you know, dads often feel, this is not all the time, but often feel undermined. Like yeah. they come in to set limits and it's, they feel completely undermined. Um, and they feel sort of on the periphery and pushed to the edge. Um, 
wives often feel underappreciated and overworked and um you know that they they sort of have to overfunction and think about everything all the time and so again if the wife is going to say okay well am i overfunctioning to the point where i don't actually let value what my husband brings or do i undermine do i undermine him hmm. is that what i'm doing am i coming in and saying only listen to me and by, right? by undermine you mean like like I would come in and say, oh, you, you can't do that. But then my wife might just say, and she might oh, come yeah. in and say, honey, they're hungry. Like that's why they're doing this. Or, right. you know, they, it, it could be even more dramatic than that. It could yeah. be, you know, sometimes what happens is this is why it's so complicated. Like you might come in in full fight or flight mode, right? Yeah. Like yeah. yelling and screaming, which is to your wife going to feel like, oh, he's not in control. Like he is just, he is so angry in this moment. Um, and that yeah. goes back to, you know, if it feels good coming out of your mouth, it's probably not great, right? Yeah. So it's almost looking at like, oh, am I over the edge? Can I use my wife's response as a marker that tells me I might be harsher than I think I'm being in this moment? Or am I being louder and scarier than I mean to be in this moment? And one of the things dads have to understand, and kids will tell you this, it's not scary really when mom yells at me. Yeah. Maybe when she really loses it, maybe, but it's really scary when dads yell. It just is. And dads never see themselves that way. They right. know they love their kids. They know they're not going to hurt their kids. But so they know that it's coming ultimately from love and from caring a lot. Right. But it's being perceived as much more frightening than it actually is. And that's something that dads often have to come to terms with a little bit. And so using your wife's response as like a almost like emotional sonar. Okay. My wife looks like this. I'm probably being louder and more intense than is called for in this situation. And then you take a breath, right? right? Or if you're losing it in a situation and your wife comes in and says, honey, how about I take over? And you're like, I've got this. It's like, you don't have this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So almost like having this ability to kind of tag out and yeah. your wife too, because mom, believe me, moms can lose it too. Right. And there may be times where you're like, oh my God, she's like way over the edge here. I need to help her. But what that help looks like is really important. If somebody comes running and going, you're out of control too. Like the two of you are just screaming it and you sort of, the the partner comes in and talks as if it's two equal people having a fight, that's undermining. Yeah, okay. Right, that's yeah. undermining. That, and that, that that ability to like tag out and help each other in a, in a parenting partnership is is huge. And I think it takes, it takes a lot of trust and takes a lot of like talking about it beforehand yeah, right yeah. I feel like that's what we've had to do um is because because yeah in that moment I have to trust that like she's right when she's like hey can I can I handle this like you you've lost it and there's I mean very recently there's a time when I was just like no I'm still I'm in control here yeah. I'm the boss and it was like yeah. your frontal lobe will do that that's yeah, true I mean your, it does your it, will do that yeah it does feel so good to say like like yeah. you don't have screen. I'm taking away TV for a week. <laughs> like it does. Yeah. It feels good. Which, I don't know why. Just, just it terrible. Does. It does. And but the crazy part is, you're gonna your life is gonna be such hell because you took. If you give the consequences yeah. like too big, a it doesn't work and it's not that effective. Right. And b you end up punishing yourself because now what? Right. And they don't listen anyway. So the but the flip to that is also true. Yeah. So it, the wife sometimes has to trust their husband or trust the, the, sometimes it's the wife that's the harsh one. It's the husband that's the, oh, you know, it doesn't, it's not always sure. gender lines. Um, but we'll just do that for the sake of, of argument right now. But sometimes you just have to trust that that's, don't come running in and try to save your kids. Like, and obviously if there's 
danger or abuse or something, 1000%. Sure, um, but if it's just normal kind of different parenting style, back out sometimes. Trust your spouse. Trust yeah. your husband. Yeah, I really like that idea of like reading her, using her as like a sonar and just like, yeah. yeah. And just well, like that seeing works her face. Too, and... If she's doing the same. If my husband is at a point where he's this angry, mm -hmm. what's my contribution to that? Have I been parenting from fear? Have I been letting the kids get away with stuff because I don't want to get into issues with them or because I feel bad for them or because I'm scared that they can't handle it? What's my responsibility here if my husband feels like he needs to compensate that much? That's what yeah. I mean by it being an inside job. And then having these conversations where you can realize that you really are a complement to each other. So when I talk to couples or when I you know, have speaking engagements to large audiences, you know, this really settles the argument. Guess what? You're both right. Right. You're both right. But you start with connection. You start with understanding that behavior is never the problem. It is the symptom of the problem. Mm. Right. And trying to get underneath that. And you follow that up by being your child's frontal lobe with consequences when necessary, fair ones, yeah. right? not ones that you've said, that's it. You're never having another birthday for the rest of your life. You know, that's ridiculous. Then you've got to go back on that fair, yeah. predictable consequences that make sense. That is much more likely your spouse is going to be able to get behind you on that. Yeah. Right. Cause the other dynamic is you take something away. That's ridiculous. Your wife wasn't in the situation. She knows that that's, that's disproportionate, right? That that's not fair. How is she going to support you and back you up? If she ultimately feels like that punishment is not fair. It's not predictable. It's not sensible. It's just mean. Yeah. And when consequences are mean, they're not going to work. Yeah. Right. They have to come from a place of love. Right. And that's really important. And these are, these are big conversations that you need to have with each other. Yeah. Like, I feel like all of these are like, yeah, just like things that you have to sit down with your spouse or partner and just agree on beforehand, yeah. before the heat of that moment. Like, t talk to me about fair and I forget what you called it, but, um, you know, fair and reasonable consequences. Yeah. So, I mean, consequences work best. And listen, life is full of consequences. Kids mm -hmm. need consequences. Um, and you're not, if you don't teach them these lessons in life, life will. Mm -hmm. And believe me, life is a much harsher teacher. Okay. So they do need limits and they do need consequences. And for super soft empathic parents, parents, sometimes they have a really hard time with consequences. They, hard, they have a hard time saying them. They have a hard time sticking to them. Yeah. But it's really important for good mental health, for social health, for emotional regulation. It's really important that kids learn that there are consequences for certain behaviors. So when you're delivering a consequence and you're delivering it from a place of fear, which is anger, right? You, I right. want you to feel as bad as you just made me feel. That consequence is never going to work. Hmm. And a lot of, sorry, I should have my notifications off. Um, and often um, kids will sort of use that, like, okay, I've really upset my dad that way. So I'm going to, that's my consequence. I'm going to consequence him. I'm going to make this so ugly when he makes a consequence for me that he's not going to do it again. Yeah. Right. So it, and some kids are consequence resistant. They're so feisty. They're so sassy. They're so strong-willed. Their counter will is so strong that they'll look right at you and go, I don't care. Take it away for a week. Take it away for two weeks. How about yeah. that? I don't yeah. care. And then if you're sucked into that and you're operating from that place of fear and anger, you're going to go, oh, really? Well, maybe you'll care if I take it for a month. And they're like, I don't care. Take yeah. it away. It doesn't matter. Uh, right. Or, or you're going to have really um, 
there are kids, I call them gladiators that are really sassy and feisty and they'll say, fine, I'm going to take your keys. Yeah. I'm going to take your purse. I'm going to find your wallet. I'm going to take things that matter to you. I'm going to hide your phone. And you get into this crazy situation, right? That never works. You have to trust that a smaller consequence that's fair, that is delivered from a place of love, not fear is going to help. And that that consequence, as long as it's consistent, right? So instead of taking video games away for a week, you say you've lost it for 24 hours. I don't care. Take it away for a week. Don't get sucked into that. That's a trap, right? That they're baiting that hook. Don't bite that, that line, right? You just say, this isn't about hurting you. It's not about punishing you. It's not about making you feel bad. It's about helping you understand that when you choose this behavior, you are choosing a consequence. It's going to have a cost. It's not free. Right. And when I deliver that way, can you feel the difference? Yeah. Versus really, okay, fine. Well, now you're going to lose this and now you're going to lose that. And now we're going to take this out of your room and that out of your room. And it just gets, it just gets crazy. Right. And then you're operating. And then now the polarizing starts because now your wife does come in and go, what are you doing? Like, right. And then your kid looks over and sees mom. Well, look at that. Mom, even mom knows how mean you are. And now you have a whole dynamic, right? Yeah. So it really comes down to operating from love, not fear and together as a couple having really good communication. And that starts with, if my husband is doing this thing or my wife is doing this thing, what's my role in that? Hmm. What am I doing that is causing him to have to compensate for me in such a dramatic way? Yeah. Now you have change and that takes bravery, right? That takes guts to be able to do that. It does. Because mm-hmm. it, it takes bravery to to look inward and say, "What am I? What am I doing? What do I need to change?" Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. What um, am I bringing to this situation? But you ha- also have power there. Yeah. So you quickly go from being a victim. My wife's mean to me. Nobody appreciates me. I can't do anything in this house. I just might as well not even be here. And some husband can feel so so uh, on the periphery hmm. in their families, right? Um, and, and what happens too in that polarizing is if you're, if you happen, if it happens to be the dynamic where the dad's the sort of, you know, the tougher one and the setting rules, um, you might on a night when your wife is out, get everyone to bed and everyone's actually behaving pretty nicely, but you're probably not going to be the parent that your child comes to and tells you a big problem. Right. Right. You're the, the softer parents going to get all that. Yeah. But when the softer parents doing bedtime, and one kid's in their pajamas and the other one's running down the hall and they're, and nobody's listening, that's not great either, right? Yeah, so the yeah. idea is you don't have to parent exactly like each other, but the idea is to come more to the middle so that the harsher parent gets to enjoy being the one that gets to nurture and listen and, and soothe and find out what's going on in their kids' lives. Yeah, and yeah. the softer parent also gets to enjoy the kids actually listening to them <laughs> sometimes, right. right? Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I definitely one of the one of the things that I you know we we listened to from you was the gladiator child idea because you know we have three kids and um, you know two of them I can say um, hey you know you need to be in a timeout because of this or that you need to go and then the third one I will say that and she's just like no <laughs> she's just like no yeah. I'm like wait what do you mean no what do you mean yeah, that's not how it works <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a strong counterwill and she probably operates from a place of, of really valuing sovereignty. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And independence. Yeah. And, and that type of thing. And you're probably trying to, and of course you have to be parenting her from a place where your primary interest is safety mm-hmm. and security. 
yeah. and fairness and things like that. And so she's going to push back. So with a child like that, A, they're going to be the kids that save us, honestly. Yeah. Like yeah. the kids who are actually going to push back on boundaries are going to create the change in the world that we need, which yeah. we desperately need. Yeah. So I think it's a huge responsibility to parent a child like that because mm. you want to bring out um, that sassiness, that intelligence, that fierceness, that ability to look outside the box and even say what box, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're so hard to parent and they're exhausting and you just, they can drag you down to like the darkest parts of your soul where mm. you love them, but you can't stand them sometimes. Yes. And that's a really, and, and they can split parents. Children mm. like that are usually the ones that split. No, I don't mean split, divorce split, although yeah. in extreme cases that can happen. I mean, get the parents arguing. Yeah, that's so true. And because yeah. we just have different ways of dealing, you know, if there's an outburst or if, and I, and I don't want to like out my child here, talk about her issues or whatever. But like, you know, if, if there's something that we're trying to resolve for her, um, it does. It causes a split for us almost every yeah. time. Because well, and, yeah. yeah, the way to look at her, she's the barometer. Mm. She's giving you information about yourself, <laughs> right? About yourself as a dad and a human being and also about your marriage. Yeah. Right. That's what yeah. she's doing. She's exposing those cracks. Mm hmm. And you can either see yourself as a victim, this, I can't stand it in this house. And it's just one thing to the next. And you never support me. And well, that's because you're so, right. You can stay in that victimhood. Yeah. Or you can shift to being a learner. Yeah. How can I learn from this? What is this telling me? This is information. How am I going to use this information to make adjustments that I need to make as a human being, as a man, as a father, um, as a husband? And that's really what it's all about. And that gets modeled. Yeah. Right. Your children are watching you. Yeah. And I don't that's mean you, crazy. you, I mean, all of us, they're watching right. us. We think they're not watching, but they are. And we're teaching them all about relationships and value and self-value and being heard and not being heard and, and about being kind and not being kind. And we're teaching them all the time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah we've learned a lot from and i mean i think i said something like it splits us every time which that's a major exaggeration my wife would listen to this and be like every no it splits every time <laughs> well it's good it's good to even check that language but yeah. it's probably a lot of the time because yeah. that's common when you have kids that are really sassy and really strong yeah um, they will sometimes innocently expose those cracks because they don't mean to and sometimes they'll literally do it on purpose yeah you know yeah. what you made me feel bad i'm gonna make you guys feel bad and i'm gonna make you guys feel so bad that you ended up in a big fight yeah yeah and, you know, and it doesn't mean she's a horrible person. It just means she's going to fight for her life. Like she's going to fight for what she thinks is right in that moment. And your job is to be the elder, yeah. to love her, to stay neutral and to guide her and to guide her as much together as you can. And I also don't want people to hear like, you can't ever fight in front of your kids. That's not even normal. Okay. You're going totally. to disagree, but it's how you repair it, how you handle it with each other. Right. And if you have a big fight, you can go back later and do a whole repair and go, you know how you tell your brother, like, I hate you. And I wish you were my brother. Like, do you really mean that? Well, no, not really. Okay. So when mommy and I get mad and we have a big fight sometimes, because when people live together, that's what happens. Yeah. We love each other no matter what. And we're just ticked off and we go back and we apologize. Yeah. Right. So you're modeling that repair, right. Yeah. And you're, you're modeling that that's, you know, you're fighting all the time. That's a big problem. And I certainly work with kids that they don't even want to go anywhere. We can't go anywhere now because it's COVID, but they don't want to go anywhere with their parents. I remember working with a, with a kid who came into my office just bawling because the parents took her to Disneyland or Disney World yeah. and fought the entire day. Yeah. The entire day. And she that just sucks. sat in the happiest place on earth yeah. and cried her eyes out because yeah. even at Disneyland, yeah. her parents couldn't get it together. 
right? So it, it, you know, you love your children so fiercely. This is such an important thing. You know, I tell parents fight by text, go out in the garage, wait till you know there's a, they're asleep. Yeah. Do not undermine each other. Do try really, really hard. Yeah. Not to fight in front of them because it's not good for them. It's really not. We've, I, my wife and I have talked about that, and it remi- always reminds me of a of a scene from The Simpsons where Homer and Marge went to the car to fight, and Marge was like, I want to fight in the car because I always hated it when I would see my parents fight. And it cuts to Bart and Lisa watching from the window, and Lisa says, I hate it when mom and dad go to the car to fight. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I agree. We should go somewhere else, but I'm just like, I yeah. I love it. Always. That's very cute. Yeah, that's, very that's very funny. I, uh, I, one other thing, I, I, I love that idea of like, those children who, you know, those gladiator children be the ones that save the world. And I, uh, you know, I, one of the hardest parts is I, is, is, is it's hard with my daughter. Cause I see so much of like myself and her where like, um, I remember when she was like two years old, we were, we were in this house and there was these shelves built into the wall of the house and she, she climbed the shelves all the way to the top. And she was like barely two years old and she was a huge climber. And I was just like, Oh, you can't, I was like, you can't do that. And she could like kind of barely talk. And she was just like, yeah, you can. Like, yes, I can. <laughs> I just did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, that is perfect. Like, and that is her to a T. And I, I feel the same way. I'm like, well, what do you mean I can't do that? I, I just did it. It's like, I'm totally fine. And yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, so it's hard because so much of, like, her response like that, I'm kind of like, yeah, you're probably – you actually probably can do that. Like, you're probably fine. <laughs> right. It'll be cool. Well, um, <laughs> I, this is where, like, the calm technique comes in so handy, right? Because yeah. obviously if she's making a decision that is a little bit unsafe, and certainly yeah. if it's a bookshelf, what if it's not one that's built in, right? So you have to be able to go, oh, my God, of course you can. And look, <coughs> you... <laughs> Sorry, okay. Right. Yeah, um, I went down the wrong okay. pipe, my LaCroix. <laughs> Um, and look how far you just climbed and that's so cool, but can we find another place where you can climb Yeah, because bookshelves aren't dangerous, right? And, and then if we're coming back to the polarizing conversation, then your wife would be cool with the way that you handle that, right? Yeah. And that comes back to the, to the baseline of it, which is, are you parenting from fear or are you parenting from love, right? I love that you're climbing. I love that you're exploring. I love that your body can do that even when you're only a little, but I also love you. And I don't want you to get hurt. And so here, let's take this and let's build a mini climbing wall in the basement with mats right. on the bottom or something yeah. or, or create something that she can actually climb. Yeah. And and that's what it kind of brings you down to. And and that's that's why it's so important. You want to protect their spirit. You don't want to squash it. Right. Right. You don't want her to go fine. I'm not yeah. going to climb anything then. Like, you don't want that. Right. Um, but so it's, it's a tough job. When you have a, cla- a gladiator, they're, they're tricky to parent because that's a fine line. Yeah. Right, keeping them safe, helping them fit in in the world. You don't want them to just plow over people. Like yeah. you've got to at least have the social skills to work with a team, to work in a group, to change the world. Yeah, that's right. Like nobody builds a rocket ship alone. Yeah. So, but at the same time, you 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 don't want it to be a nightmare parenting either, no. right? Which it can be sometimes. Well, let me kind of to 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 wrap it up here a little bit. I uh, so so talk to me more about so so let's say there's this dad who is recognizing um, that that parenting is an inside job and mm-hmm. and chooses to be brave and do the inward work and look inward and do what's best for themselves, for our partners, for our kids, um, and really connect with ourselves. And then we're at this point where where we're providing for our, our kids that, that empathy that you described as medicine, 
Tell, tell me about the effect of that on our kids. You, mm-hmm. you, you alluded to this idea of the father effect yes. that I think is so powerful. Um, well, so yeah. what, what does that culminate in? It's a really, really good question and a, and a good conversation to have. So what I've noticed as I've worked with thousands of parents through this method, through the connected parenting method, is when the dads actually do the connecting, and when the dads do the baby play and when the dads are doing the mirroring and using the calm technique to de-escalate, but also just to have a joyful, deep, incredible conversation with their kids, particularly the baby play and the limbic bonding, which is when you're just like, oh my goodness, look at you. It seems to have like a supersonic effect. It seems to just have more of an impact on the whole system, which is why I call it the father effect. It just, it's just, I'm not saying it's more meaningful or more valuable or anything. I'm just saying it seems to have, if you have a child and you're really trying to pull them to a better place, let's say you're a gladiator kid and you're trying yeah. to target certain behaviors and the dads are on board doing the love part of this, like the really connecting, compassionate, empathic part of this, it will change things 10 times as fast. Hmm. It really will. And there's, there's a lot of scientific evidence that that compassionate, loving dads who really can hear and listen and not just, you know, correct or problem solve, um, their daughters end up with a much stronger sense of self, making much better decisions about the kind of people that they date, um, more likely to not um, get in a relationship where someone doesn't appreciate them. Um, So the father effect is huge. And fathers tend, not always, but they tend to get very focused on problem solving and yeah. solutions and, you know, containment and they've got to learn these skills and they've got to be ready in the world. And I'm not saying that's not important. That's half the connected parenting story. But if you really want them to learn that stuff, open the door by really valuing the connection, the compassion, the softer stuff. Yeah. Right. The baby play. Look at this picture I found of you. It's so cute. Like that kind of stuff, which sometimes, and this is what I mean by that polarizing. Sometimes dads don't do that because the mom's doing so much of it. Right. Right. Or they think their kid doesn't want it. But if you do it, you will help to balance out the system for your boys who also need to learn to be soft. Hmm. Right. And comfortable with their sadness and comfortable with their own feelings. You want your boys to grow up to be divine men which we'll get into if we have a few minutes to talk about right now whole human beings who are really balanced and have a fully integrated brain and it comes from being a full human being with your children which Mm. and and that's why that's why it's all about not getting in your own way because you won't be able to explore that stuff if you're so polarized with your partner right and and for single parents um, and, and, you know, this is certainly an effect when parents are divorced too, but if you're a single parent, you will find this polarizing within yourself. Like uh-huh. one day you'll be like, this is ridiculous. We're making rules. And then the next day they're jumping on the couch and you're like, you know what? Go ahead. Fine. Right. Jump on the couch. So <laughs> you can't get away from this polarizing. Yeah. It happens no matter yeah. what the dynamic. Um, it's just something to be really, really aware of. Do we have a couple of minutes to talk about the divine? Yeah, absolutely. Man? And I, and I love that the, uh, even even if there was no scientific studies around it, I would just believe it that the father, you know, the the father effect of yeah. um, that the love and the compassion coming from a, a dad yeah. or a or a male role model in their life is is supercharged. That it supercharged. just goes, yep. it takes it to the next level somehow for them. It, it really does. Um, it really does for true. both boys and girls, like both. I don't want to. I, we focused on girls there, but it's really yeah. for. 
So, so, so tell me about this divine male. What, what is that? So it's interesting because I heard Elizabeth Gilbert speak about this. She spoke at an event that I was at and I was completely blown away the by Julia, it. the Eat, Pray, Love. Julia yeah, Roberts, yeah. She's maybe. the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And, and then <laughs> for the dad, you know, if there's dads out there who don't know. <laughs> and, and she's an incredible speaker. And she was talking about this concept and I've since been trying to find out more about it. So, and I'm sure that there's an, uh, anyway, we won't waste time talking about that. I'll just talk about how moved I was and what the basic yeah. concept is and how it, it resonated so much for me as a family therapist that's doing family work, but also quite often couple work because mm. you can't do that without, you know, managing the whole family. So she talked about this idea of what's called a profane male. Mm. And on the other end of that spectrum, because life is all about polarity, a divine male. So a classic kind of profane male is the smash and grab. This is my house. You know, you'll do as I say, um, pushing people out of the way, getting whatever you want, trampling all over people. I'm sure people can think of a fairly famous person who has that kind of personality, right? And it's just <laughs> screw you. I'm, I'm going to take what I want. And that's sort of the archetype of the profane male. Yeah. The uh, opposite of that is what's called the divine male. So this would be a man who's very loving, very strong, hmm. comfortable with his um, range of emotions, you know, able to cry, um, able to see the entire big picture, able to be compassionate. And so you would think of, you know, famous figures, maybe a Buddha, Jesus, you know, some of the really strong spiritual leaders in the world. Yeah. And they're just these balanced, integrated divine men yeah and then we're sort of all on that uh continuum and then with women you've got the profane female which is the oh, your dad's coming home oh okay honey sure whatever you want oh, it's okay don't make him mad I'll, I'll just fix it so he doesn't get upset it's this this absolute opposite to the profane male mm. this this female who does everything possible not to aggravate upset or wake up the profane male so I'm going to totally date myself here and, and probably people won't always know this reference, but if you're familiar with all in the family, right? Archie Bunker, yeah, yeah. this like kind of guy. And Edith was like, Oh, Archie. And she was doing everything she could to, you know, to not upset him. That's kind of a classic dynamic. Yeah. Now the divine female is this strong present um, woman who just knows herself. And to me, I think the best example would be like Mary Poppins. Okay, I right. realize she's not a real person, but <laughs> truly like you don't mess with Mary Poppins. Yeah. She doesn't even have to yell at you. Mary Poppins doesn't yell. No. She just gives you a look and you're right. like, right? Or you think of somebody's like amazing, wise grandma like this. Like there's mm. just this divine presence. And, um, you know, if you think about um, horses, for example, they're, they're all, um, the stallion is off doing whatever, and it's all, you know, females in the herd. And yeah, and one is the lead mare. She doesn't fight anybody to become the lead. She just is. And mm. when she's calm, everyone else is calm. And so the, the perfect dynamic is divine male, divine female working together. Yeah. Right. And one of the things, and this is what Elizabeth Gilbert was talking about too, is the, you know, this whole spiritual movement, um, you know, being very conscious, being very awake and knowing yourself has been really, really great for men. It's been a little tougher for women because they were already putting themselves aside and they were already looking at um, everyone else's needs and roles. And I think sometimes for women, um, 
they need to be more of the divine female, like more able to kind of set this beautiful circle around themselves and go, no, yeah, I love you, but you're perfectly capable of doing that. Right. And I'm not even helping you by doing it for you. Right. So it's, it's centering yourself. And so you can see like the ultimate compliment there is to both um, aspire to be that integrated balanced version of yeah. both the male and female sides of ourselves. Right. And then yeah. of course, as a parent, you have that added role of wanting to model that for your children. Yeah. Right. Do you want to be the kind of wife who never does anything for herself and is always cleaning up after everyone else and always making excuses for everyone else and everyone walks all over her. What are you teaching your daughter? Right. There's yeah. a much more teaching in a moment. Like, I love you. I do, I do. I really do. But I've had a crazy day and I know you guys are capable of doing that and I expect you to do it. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. really beautiful. I'm right? curious if you have, I, and I, I, it is beautiful and I love the, it's like that, it sounds like you're saying that the growing into that divine female into that divine male is sort of the solution for that polarizing world that mm -hmm. we often experience. Yeah. I'm curious if you have maybe a more accessible example than Jesus or Buddha for a man. Oh, you know, just, you know, I mean, because Mary Poppins um, is like, you yeah. can relate to Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let, help me think about this. Cause I'm sure there's like amazing, it's interesting that you asked that because if you look in popular media and shows, there's not a lot of great examples. There's not of, earlier. You said Disney dad. And I know, I know what you meant when you said yes, that, but that's, yeah. that's the, that's okay. the comment. We're going to get all kinds of comments for people because people are going to have so many. So let's invite people to like come up great. with ideas, but yeah. Um, let me think there's probably better examples of like in 1980s shows of like really wonderful dads. I just have a terrible memory and I can't remember. Yeah. I right? mean, I'm just um, thinking. <laughs> you know, some of the some of the leading spiritual yeah. uh, leaders in our world right now um, would be really good examples. But I'm thinking like in popular media, dads are either presented as complete idiots, yeah. like bumbling, stupid idiots that don't know what's going on, which I think has just been tragic. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard to think about shows, especially shows that kids grew up with, like in the late eighties and nineties and early two thousands, like the dads are all ridiculous, stupid yeah. people who don't know anything. The yeah. moms aren't much better, but the dads are worse. Um, or the dads are these brutal, unfeeling, nasty, cold characters. I don't know. I'm, I'm like stumped. I shouldn't yeah. be stumped, but I'm a bit stumped. I mean, it's interesting. Like and I don't some then I'm just like making this up on the top of my head and some people might disagree with this, but I actually think Marvel has done a really good job. Like the Marvel movies yeah. of doing this, like the, there's a recent show Falcon and the winter soldier where they just like jumped into like the issue of like race. Cause there's this, the, the, the guy that plays a Falcon is becoming captain America and he's a black man in America. And it's like, they're just like, they're just like faced so well it head on. It was really, yeah. really good. Yeah. And like, I think he was a really great example of this, of like someone who even connected with like his nieces and his nephews and inspired young people and like even had this like heartfelt conversations with like his friend about uh, about redemption <laughs> and about like seeking like redemption instead of vengeance. And it was really kind of beautiful. I was just like, is this a comic book show that I'm watching that's just like so <laughs> beautiful? I, I, I watched that whole series and I loved that. And yeah. I also loved WandaVision. And I think Vision's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah, We're going to think of a million after we hang up. Yeah. <laughs> but let's just invite people into the conversation because the fact yeah. that we're having a hard time with this, I think is really telling. Yeah. Like we're yeah. on the spot and it's always harder to think of things, but the fact that it, there aren't a whole bunch of images just popping yeah. into mind shows me that we have a lot farther to go in, in, in representing 
the full and an awesome divine male. Yeah, great. Right. One one last question for you. Why was it? Why was for you? I mean, when you said when you heard this from Elizabeth Gilbert, what, why was this such a revelation for you personally? What was it about it that just like really well, just made you be like, yes? Well, because I, I mean, I, as a family therapist, I've seen this dynamic over and over, and I and I've seen the pain that it causes because the the thing that really struck me is as people become caricatures of themselves, as they start to polarize away from each other because there's not good communication and you're so busy compensating for each other. I saw so many parents trapped in this version of themselves who became this, you know, really angry dad who's mad all the time and it doesn't and it doesn't want to even come home or the 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 woman who just the mom who just feels like nobody does anything for her. There's so much pain as you get trapped in that narrow uh, version of yourself. Um, and I didn't have the, this is such beautiful language. It just makes so much sense. But to me, the fact that the more profane the female becomes, the more the male sees the reflection of him. Oh my God, am I this monster? Am I really this bad that my wife has to like scurry around me? And they're so far gone from that, that they just get mad at their wife. I, I hate this version of myself that you're making me be. I can't stand it. it. I can't, I can't tolerate it. It's going to annihilate me. So I'm just going to be nastier to you. And that's how I'm going to actually deal with it. Right. So you can just see, you can see that dynamic. So for me, it was so helpful because I don't want anyone to feel like they're uh, um, it's their fault. Yeah. And, and you have to be very careful if there's an like, abuse or anything like that, you get out of there. This is really for couples who are quite healthy. They're just, they just found themselves quite polarized. And I see so many dads who, experience such shame like mm. shame toxic shame just hating themselves because they keep turning into this version of who they don't want to be yeah. who sometimes is their own father um and just feels and feels loving inside and feels kind and just cannot get their head around why am i so scary to my family mm. ultimately then feeling alone ultimately feeling left out of the family unit and ultimately feeling um you know betrayed by their wife and then you've got the wife who just is terrified of their husband, like so scared to bring anything up and ends up doing everything themselves because they don't want to bring out that profane side. So I just think it was this powerful way. And I see this dynamic in my own house. Like my husband yeah. and I are very aware of this. So we have all kinds of conversations about it. And, you know, it took us a long time. We've been married 31 years and got three kids and we now, you know, kind of realize, okay, you know what, there's value in what the other person is bringing. And I need to check myself and why, what's going on in me. That's making me either that behavior coming out of my husband or me not liking that behavior or not trusting that behavior in my husband. And he does the same, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's not that we don't have arguments sometimes or we don't disagree, but we're able to come back to this place of like, okay, how, what can we learn from this? And yeah, how can we yeah. do you know a better job next time? And you think parenting kind of ends when your kids are, you know, 20 and going off to university uh -uh. no no oh okay that's that's what no. i was hoping <laughs> no. 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 i was hoping I only, I only had 10 years left on, on the parenting <laughs> no. clock no. i mean some of the intensive daily stuff changes but what changes is you're still parenting and then yeah. they're just adults doing their own thing and you can't say very much oh yeah right you just have to love them and trust them and be this this um elder yeah which nice. is not an easy role but it can be yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Jennifer. And um, thank you for chatting with me again. I just really appreciate it. Thank you. And you're so open and so great. Like, I think your voice is is so important because, you know, people don't necessarily want to talk about this stuff because it, it's happening in everybody's houses. But yeah, you know, it's important. such a well, good thank you.
Yeah, I appreciate it. And um, and and if you if you want to hear more from Jennifer, you can check out her podcast, Connected Parenting, right? Mm-hmm. Available yep. wherever. Yeah, and I, I also have um, the mental health comedy podcast, which is kind of great. That's more for adults. That's awesome. Uh, we interview comedians and entertainers about mental health issues, and I give them strategies. And then there's ConnectedParenting.com if you want to find out more about Connected Parenting. We've got online courses and and great. a whole team of people trained in the method that can support you. So, so thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I really hope that you can take the chance to go check out some more of Jennifer's stuff. I think it's really valuable. Um, so thanks, and maybe, you know, if you're listening this far, give us the old uh, subscribe there in the old uh, podcast app. And thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Bye.